What's going on, everybody? Thank you all for stopping by and listening to another episode of the Rated JG Podcast. Just wanted to say before we jumped into today's episode, if you haven't already, please make your way over to our social media accounts and shoot us a follow at Rated JG Podcast. We're on Instagram and on Facebook. And also, if you could, give us a five-star rating wherever you are streaming this. It certainly helps the show. But you guys are in for a treat today. We had a very special guest all the way from Boyd County, Kentucky, an upcoming singer-songwriter by the name of Cole Chaney. He is a very young guy. He's poised to have a great musical career, super nice, down-to-earth person, and I really enjoyed sitting down and talking to him. We talked about music and our mutual love of Sturgill Simpson and his life in Kentucky and how he's been uh, approaching 2021 thus far. He just released his first single, Ill Will Creek, and we talk about the single and his upcoming full-length album, Mercy. So, without further ado, enjoy the conversation with Cole Chaney. Thank you all for stopping by. My name is Justin Gilly. And you're listening to the Rated JG Podcast. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Rated JG Podcast. I've got a very special guest with me today, hailing all the way from Kentucky, Boyd County to be specific. Got an up-and-coming singer-songwriter, a very talented young man by the name of Cole Chaney. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this, Cole. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Justin. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Sorry, we've had a little bit of technical difficulties uh, trying to set this thing up. So if the audio or the video is a little bit off, bear with us. We're uh, not professionals at all. This We're just trying to make it through. So, uh, But anyways, man, I can see um, out in out in Kentucky where you're at, it looks like there's sunshine and that's good. We just kind of got through with the apocalypse where I'm coming from. I'm all the way down in Texas and oh, yeah. it's been Omageddon down here, man. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been bad. I mean, it, I mean, you can see the snow still all over the ground here. Uh, we just now got first couple days of 50 degree weather in about two weeks. So yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's a welcome, it's a welcome surprise. Uh, yeah, for sure. I'm not sure how it is out there normally because, man, where I'm from, I've, we got more snow and ice in the last week than I've seen in probably the last 10 years of my life. It's been nuts. We're definitely not prepared nope. for this. <laughs> where are you from? Man, I'm about 30 miles south of Dallas. Oh, okay. So you're in Texas. Uh, yes. Yeah, man. We we uh, we got hit just as hard. Uh, what did you guys get, like four inches of snow across the whole state or something like that? Yeah, man, it was that, but it wasn't even necessarily the snow that's the issue. We've seen that, you know, plenty of times sporadically over the years, but it's like our infrastructure, we're just, we're literally not built for this. We've got fucking pipes busting and we don't have snow plows on the road. There's no salt trucks. It's just kind of like hanging out to dry. And then everyone starts going crazy and buying all the food at the grocery stores. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We got in uh, Boyd County, it got hit the hardest in Kentucky. Actually, we had like uh, 18,000 without power interest in the county. It was uh, pretty rough. It was bad there for a little bit. But well, it looks like we're on control. the looks like we're on the tail end of it, making it out the other side. So that's good. But uh, it actually, um, you know, the, the snow wasn't a wasn't a total total uh, loss because that's actually how I ran across your music, man. Um, I 
I'm kind of known like in my little, my friend group here, I'm like the music guy, you know, I'm down here in Texas and I love finding, I found a, you know, my, my favorite kind of music comes out from your neck of the woods. And I was, uh, in, in Snowden and going down a YouTube rabbit hole and I came across your, uh, your red barn sessions, dude, that was, a really, really impressive. And I mean, that's like a, an hour and 45 minutes of you just going at it. And I, I became a, an instant fan, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Uh, that was a, that was a very unexpected, uh, show that I got to do and, uh, very grateful for it because it seems like that's how everybody has found me up, up to this point. Yeah. And if you don't mind me asking, how'd you land a gig like that? Because they've got some really big names on that channel. Um, I, by somebody not being able to make it, I was a fill-in actually. <laughs> and, uh, Arthur Hancock and his new, his new band, Wolf and Branch were supposed to do it. And, uh, they weren't going to be able to make it in time. And they told me like a week in advance, I didn't even have enough original songs written for it at the time. So I had to write two songs and uh remember I'm doing there. Oh man. Well, sorry, you're cutting up a little bit there, but uh yeah, I got the most of that. That's crazy. You had to write two songs basically on the spot, but hey, it, you you pulled it out and it was a great performance and um that actually you getting me through there. Yeah, yeah. Now now you're sounding a little better, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, man, that video, like I said, um kind of is what started me like, oh man, who's this guy? He, he's great. And then I looked and uh, I'm pretty sure what everybody does when they find a an artist that they're interested in, they they immediately go to streaming platforms and say, oh, you know, what's out there for me to consume? And I was shocked to see that you just recently put out your first piece of uh, recorded music in your single, Ill Will Creek. Was that maybe two weeks ago? Uh, yeah, that was about right at, not, not even two weeks ago yet. This Friday, it'll be two weeks. But uh, yeah, you're lucky because before then everybody you know they'd find my red barn and then they'd be harassing me for six months to, to get something on streaming <laughs> so yeah it's about time we got something on. man that uh but then you know for the for everyone out there that's listening that it's not familiar with cole uh you know it's number one it's pretty pretty crazy that you only have one song out there at the moment to consume well, what might be even crazier is that you're only 20 years old um, you know, just the way that you carry yourself, the way that your voice projects. I'm like, there's no way this dude is only 20. So that, that probably, uh, kind of sets the table for you to, this is a good little launching pad for everything that's to come. Just knowing that you're, you're so young in the game. And, um, you know, that being said that you're, you're only 20, if you could, man, what's, what's the backstory on how did you get started in this whole music thing? Um, were you like in a, a garage band, you sing at church? How did you, uh, find your voice? Honestly, man, uh, it was kind of a last resort type thing. Not not necessarily a last resort, but uh, I didn't hear it. Uh, I was welding right out of high school. Uh, so I went, I graduated high school. I got like a third of a scholarship to Kentucky Welding Institute. Graduated from there six months, hit the road, started welding. And I, I worked for around a year and uh, worked a lot and was always real far away from home. and. You know, I've never really been outside of Kentucky that much, you know, just on vacation and stuff. And I kind of realized how much uh, I like it here and, and how much anxiety I kind of get when i not. When I can see over, <laughs> it's, so 
you know, I was like, well, I need to, I need to find something else because I don't like this. So, uh, I started writing some songs and stuff when I was out on the road and I, I came back home and I type music and I can tell people liked it. And so that's, I kind of stuck with it there for a little bit and it gained a little traction around my parts and, uh, really, you know, I just kind of ran with it once I figured out that people liked it. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I mean, it definitely doesn't seem forced. seems like something that you're passionate about. So I think that that kind of rings true to anybody that listens. And, um, you know, I mentioned that ill will Creek is the first single you put out there and, uh, it's got some, it's got some pretty, some pretty cryptic, I don't want to call it dark, but I mean, it's got some cool little cryptic undertones to it. Um, what was the kind of writing process behind something like that? That I actually, and I don't ever do this, but I kind of made myself sit down and write that song because I had it in my head forever. I had the guitar riff forever, and uh, we were we were starting to record that that record, and uh, I was like, man, I gotta have I gotta have a little more upbeat song, not necessarily upbeat, but more of a rockish type feel because that's kind of the direction that I want to go with. It is not not rock, but I have a lot of rock influence, so I like heavier music. So I wanted to write something a little heavier for for at least one song on that album. For and sure. so I was like, well, I got I got this, I got you know these ingredients. So I just kind of sat down and started writing. And that one, once I started writing, it just came out and it was real quick. But uh, then it took me a while to kind of dial it in because I have a habit of writing these songs that are hard for me to play and sing. So. <laughs> uh, once I figured out how I wanted to do it, it was easy. Yeah, man, well, that, that's awesome. Um, so that being said, you know, like with your uh, Ill Will Creek being being the single, um, I noticed I've been following you on social media. You said that there's a, a full-length album. Uh, you got 11 other songs coming out to accompany this one for 12 total. Do you have any sort of anything set in stone? Do you have a time frame to, that we could be expecting something like that to come out? I would say it'll, it will definitely be out in the next month and a half two months without a doubt we'll be out by then uh, we pushed it back a lot just because this is my first go around and i have no idea what i'm doing <laughs> but uh i'm sorry i'm getting wind coming through the, the window of my car right now. no no you're, you're good man you're good uh, we got it it's getting uh, mixed and mastered right now the rest of it Okay. But we wanted to uh, get the first part of it out was, but uh, the rest of it's on the way. It'll be out real soon. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That's awesome, man. And the, the album's going to be titled Mercy. Um, I know that, yep. that, that the title track, I've actually heard you perform that song. And that's um, something that kind of drew me in is it seems like your, your, uh, your lyrics have a little bit more substance than what is played on the radio, obviously. But did 2020 you know, the whole shutdown, I'm not sure how it is over where, where you're from, but man, um, the shutdown around here was a little bit more, I don't want to say laid back, but, you know, Texas kind of marches to the beat of its own drum and we, we were a little bit more open quicker than other yeah. places. So um, I've got a lot of friends who are singer songwriters and, you know, they were, you know, chomping at the bit to get out there and play and, uh, you know, picking up little restaurant gigs here and there, breweries, you know, not the big places they're used to playing, but, um, just anything to kind of, kind of keep that food on the table. And um, is is Kentucky like? Is it open for shows? Or have you been able to spread the word about yourself anywhere? So Kentucky, it's kind of mixed, really. Uh, you know, you have a lot of people that are, you know, they want to get out and do everything, and you have a lot of people that want to stay in. Uh, and 
I've played more shows in the past year than I have in my life. So, you know, I don't think it's really slowed me down that much uh, because where where that stopped, social media picked it up where it left off, you know, because yeah, everybody was on social media there for that, you know, that six-month time period where everybody was in the house. And that gave people a lot of chances to find me. And uh, I think that Red Barn came out at the perfect time for that to happen. And, uh, you know, it just, it, it worked out well for me. Uh, no, it didn't really slow me down that much. I know there, there's a lot of people that wouldn't get out and play and stuff, but uh, I looked at it. If they're not going to play, then I will. You know, I'll, I'll step in and take that spot. Heck yeah, man. House shows, whatever, wherever it's at, just to spread the word. That's awesome. Did the house shows. Yeah. Yeah. Did, uh, did 2020 give you time to like sit down and, you know, kind of buckle down and say, Hey, this music thing is something that I, I want to pursue full time and you can kind of dive into the music. Did you spend most of 2020 writing the mercy album as a whole? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I spent, I spent pretty much all of it trying to hone that down. And, you know, we've been recording this thing since August and uh, getting it done. So really that has taken up a whole lot of my time and not even just my time, but like, I mean, I, that's all I think about all day long. That's my brain is constantly working on trying to further that. How can I, what can I do today to try to move that along a little farther? You know, and it's not just writing songs, it's trying to meet people and get connections stuff like that there's a whole other business side to it you know you can write the best songs in the world but if you can't get out there and meet people and make these connections then you might as well not even do it because i mean not 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 that you might as well not do it i'm saying because you know people do it so they can enjoy it but if you're trying to take it further you have to get out and make those connections and stuff and that's that's all i really think about so yeah it takes up a lot of my time well that's awesome man like i I mean you nailed it on the head this this whole 2020 thing is let people be at home and kind of consume music in a different like a digital space and that's how i ran across you and you know we're not even remotely close to each other i'm all the way down here in texas but i've already been shooting your stuff out to all my friends and you know i don't have the world's biggest platform but hey a couple more years is you know more than more than what you got to begin with so that's always a plus but man you're um the, the music that I've seen, um, which is basically everything that's out there on, on, on the internet and, you know, YouTube and whatnot seems to really have like substance and like depth to it, like lyrically and melodically. Um, was there like a certain theme you're going to going towards with mercy? Um, I mean, cause you've got just those two songs alone, you know, ill will Creek and mercy tend to be totally different. And then I've also heard other ones that you've performed. I don't know that are going to be on the album. I don't know your track list, but did you want to go for like a certain theme or like a tone for this whole first thing you're going to be putting out so it's going to be pretty much split in half almost of like uh more uh not necessarily melancholy but between half kind of dark songs and then half a little more upbeat songs and i'm still kind of nope i'm losing you there on whether i want the dark part of the album first or if I want a second, you know, because you don't want somebody to got me. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. You're cutting out a you cutting out a little bit. Basically I got you said you wanted to split it out into two halves, one sort of like melancholy and then I kinda lost you from there. Can you hear me, sir? 
Yes, sir. I got you now. So I'm wanting to uh, have like half the app, the app, you know, more upbeat. And I'm uh, still debating on how, how I want to set that up. If I want to do it, you know, the dark part first or do it last because, you know, I don't want somebody to, <laughs> to not listen to it because they think every song on the album is going to be dark or set all that up. But uh, not necessarily a common theme, just uh, the songs from this last year, really. That's what it is. Very cool. Very cool. Well, yeah, man. So being from uh, Kentucky, or I mean, I guess Appalachia as a whole, uh, you know, I, like I mentioned before, I'm, I'm from Texas. So we certainly have a scene, you know, I'm putting air quotes up here. We have a scene that people think of with Texas. You know, you got your your big name guys, your Cody Johnson, Robert Earl Keens, Pat Greens, that they kind of have like the, the honky tonk sound. You know, when you think of that music, you think of starch jeans, you know, of Pearl Snap and Two Step. And that's kind of like what, what you think of. But yep. what was cool was you touched on something earlier with uh, how you said there's like a little bit of rock influence undertone in your music. That's a, There's a huge, huge resurgence new scene down here where that rings true. I mean, there's a whole list of young artists that I'm sure you've probably heard of, like the Co-Wetzels of the world and um, Cody yeah. West, Reed Southall, Giovanni and the Hired Guns. Those guys certainly could fall into some sort of a country category but I'd venture to say that they're more rock based, more rock influence. You know, they've got full band electric guitars. I mean, they, these guys jam out. And um, the same way that people think of the Texas scene, you know, like I mentioned with Pat Green, Robert O'Keefe, that's how we think of you guys. You know, we think of obviously Tyler Childers, Sturgill Simpson, Chris Stapleton, the, you know, the Mount Rushmore of guys from your area. Do yeah. they do they have an influence on your kind of music, do you, or do you want to stray away from that? Oh yeah, I mean they de they they definitely have a huge influence on my music. You know, those are the guys that really inspired me to do this, uh, especially Tyler Childers and Sturgill Simpson. Uh, there's some other bands called uh, there's a band called Sunday Best that was a huge inspiration of mine. Nicholas Jamerson, who was a singer of that band, but. When you're coming from that same area as those guys, you can't sound just like them. You know, as much as as much influence as you draw from them, that's something that I had to learn because I didn't realize that at first. Because I was I'd go out and I'd play these shows and I'd play, you know, I'd play thirty songs and play fifteen Tyler Childers covers. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, and, for sure. You know, I didn't I didn't realize that that really probably wasn't a good thing to do. But now I I get that. You know, uh, yeah. So I try to I try to. I try to stray away from a certain amount, but still draw as much influence as I can without sounding just like that. Yeah. And, and you know, the comparisons are inevitable, um, especially just the, the tone of your voice and just the area that you're from. But I mean, the, you got to take those as a compliment because if your name's getting thrown in the hat with Tyler Childers or Sturgill Simpson, you, you're doing something right. You know, there's a lot worse people to be compared to. Yeah. And that's the way I've always looked at it is there's a lot worse folks that I compared to than, uh, Toppers or Sturgill Simpson. Sorry, I'm trying to charge my phone and keep it from dying here. No, man, you're good. That actually sounds way better. Uh, I'm back. But yeah, man, uh, you know, whenever I first, and, and I completely get it, you know, like when people will, they'll say, like, is next Tyler Childers or something like that, uh, you know, no, I don't like to. I try to take it. I know they mean. Right, so I try to take it in that, in that way. Yeah, absolutely, man. But, um, you know, we, we've, we've already been kind of touching on these guys, but 
Tyler Children, Sturgill Simpson. I don't know if you can see, but I'm I'm a huge Sturgill fan, man. I got his yeah, I see him all over the place, man. He, that that's my dude. That's to this day, I've been to hundreds of concerts in my life, and there's, I mean, nothing compares the way that that guy handles himself. And what's fascinating to me about him, um, maybe you can touch on this too, is he, yeah, the, the dude wins a Grammy for Country Album of the Year, and then then releases the most against the grain kind of rock and roll music immediately afterwards you know it's just and i don't even think that i think part of that's intentional you know he wants to be different he wants to find himself but maybe a little bit of that as a like a middle finger to the industry which also (laughs) brings a lot of people into being a fan of his and whatnot but um i think that people might be a little bit over the 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 recycled lyrics and the clap tracks that you hear on every single song and that gets pumped out to radio is that a something that you're trying to stray away from yourself Sturgill Simpson is a badass and, <laughs> and uh, I love it. I love when he does stuff like that because it gets rid of the fluff in his fan base you know like uh, people that are just listening because they think that and there's nothing wrong with it you know there's nothing wrong with casual uh, listeners but folks that you know he said it perfectly uh, you know he's like I, I don't write these songs for the uh, big beard having flannel shirt wearing <laughs> boot wearing guys and, and and you know sometimes I even fall into that category because I you know I usually have a beard and I wear a lot of flannels and I wear boots but <laughs> I know what he means by that I get what he's saying he's talking about like you know your douchebags you know your dudes that are coming there and getting getting way too drunk and getting loud in the crowd stuff like that and he wants to draw a crowd of people that are actually there for the music and He's got this fan base that will support him on anything he does because he puts out such different kinds of music and they listen to all of it. So, you know, that's the awesome thing about Sturgill. He's, he has absolutely created a, almost like a cult-like following in his, uh, in his fan base. It's really cool in oh, a good I'd, way. Yeah, I'd certainly – I mean, I'd, I'd agree. Uh, you know, I, I'm def- I'm in that following myself. But you know, what's cool about it is he. Uh, I feel like he kind of portrays this image of he he's talented. He knows it. He's got the accolades, but he's never outwardly like seeking that attention. You know, he uses his platform like the Cutting Grass albums and whatnot. He did those because he reached out to the fans and said, "Hey, man, if y'all donate this much to his relief fund, like he'll do it for us." And he gave us two albums which is just a regurgitation for those that don't that are those that are listening that don't know he released uh cutting grass volume one and two which was bluegrass interpretations of a lot of songs that he already had on his albums from you know um meta modern and all that stuff and it's just these might be my favorite albums he's ever released i mean i can't stop playing them now um but yeah i mean it's pretty cool because like you like you mentioned he's a badass he kind of has this following but he uses it for good uh both the cutting grass records are by far my favorite records to come out and they they might be my favorite records ever i don't know but i love (laughs) like i can't i can't turn them off i really can't turn them off every time i get in the car i'll spend cutting grass volume one all the way through every time i get in the car like they're so good so good uh i love it the the musicians that are on there are incredible sierra hole absolutely dominates the mandolin on, on that record and it's they're they're great i love it absolutely do you have any um 
I mean, everything that I've heard from you has just been what I've said before, but like um, the album coming out, are you going to have any kind of those influences? You bring in a mandolin in, what can we expect? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh. no, uh, there's no there's no drums. It's all string music. Uh, oh, hell yeah. It's all b- bluegrass instruments on it. It's not bluegrass, but it's bluegrass instruments. Oh, dude, you're um, speaking my language now. Oh, yeah, it's good stuff. You know, it's, uh, it's Appalachian. Um, and that's the kind of music I listen to. And... You know, I play what I listen to. I'm For sure. very influenced by whatever music I listen to. So uh, that's what I play. And, you know, I've been listening to so much bluegrass in the past few years now. But that's really all I, all that I want to have in my music right now is those kind of instruments with, you know, with more of like, like Ill Will Creek is definitely not a straight up bluegrass song. You know, I think that could even be a rock and roll song if you wanted it to be. But when you put bluegrass instruments on it, it sounds pretty freaking cool. So. Oh, dude, for sure, man. That, that, like I said, I think what drew me to that song is it's, um, whenever you consume music as, as often as we do, you know, it's 2021, everybody's always shuffling something. We don't go anywhere without music in our hands. When I hear something that kind of like makes me stop what I'm doing and kind of perk my ears up a little bit, that little differentiation that kind of goes against the grain. That's, I think you got something there. And man, the, uh, I just thought about this too. The album artwork, um, for that single is sick. Is that actually like, I, I don't know if ill will Creek's even a real place. I have no idea, but is it like a, it looks like a Creek. I don't know. So ill will Creek. So there's a whole backstory here. So every year, uh, I take a trip down Del Hollow Lake, which is on the Southern Kentucky and Tennessee border. And um, every year, me, my papa, my cousin, my uncle Steve, and a bunch of their buddies, all older men, we all take a trip down there and we stay on a houseboat for a week on Del Hall Lake and we fish, we fish for large and smallmouth bass all week. And it's always a great time, you know, and there's always so many great stories that come out of those trips. But uh, there's an arm of that lake called Ill Will Creek. And, and on the lake, Ill Will is one word. And so, you know, I, every time we went down there for the past couple of years, I thought, man, that would make a good song. And I was like, well, well, why don't I just write it? I think my cousin told me that. He's like, why don't you just write that song? I was like, all right, so I will. And that's what I did and uh, wrote that song. But the artwork for that album, uh, my mom actually drew that up. Uh, she's, a, she's an awesome artist. And uh, my stepdad did the graphic design for it, so he framed it up and stuff. But uh, my mom, she's a painter, and uh, she's she's an incredible artist. She she does like abstract type paintings and stuff. And uh, I've always loved her art. And I told her I was like, you know, I want you to do I want you to do the album covers for Ill Will Creek and Mercy. So she's done them both. And uh, yeah, I was, I was really pleased with it. That oh, is that's Ill badass. Will Creek. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. That was just a shot in the dark there. And I didn't know that had so much of a cool backstory. That's cool. You're making a little family project. I can, I can definitely get behind that. All right, man. So that's a, that's kind of all that I had as far as the music is concerned, but um, I also wanted to, to touch base with you on a couple of things outside of music. So you're um, I'm from Kentucky. There's no, uh, there's no professional sports teams out there. What are you, what are some of your hobbies? NASCAR. <laughs> okay. And uh, I, you know, I, I hunt a lot fish a lot uh right now where i live in lexington uh lexington kentucky i just moved there from here which i'm back home right now just for a few days uh, uh 
I don't get a chance to get out in the, the woods a whole lot. So when I when I come here, I try to you know, spend a little time outside and just try to gather my thoughts a little bit because I, I really kind of resent living in the city. Nothing against Lexington because it's been so great to me, but I just don't like being in the city. So when I'm in the city, I just stay in my room all the time. I don't leave the house because I just hate, I hate the traffic. I, I hate being around so many people. So when I come back home, I just try to unwind and just chill. I don't, I, it don't take a whole lot to entertain me. I can, I can just sit around with my thoughts and be, be perfectly fine. There you go, man. Uh, so what are some, what are some goals for 2021? You know, maybe music and personal. What, what are you, uh, what's on the horizon? Did you have any new year's resolutions or any goals you set for yourself? I mean, you know, I have, uh, I have like landmarks and stuff like that, but, uh, you know, I really don't set like big goals or anything like that just because, uh, you know, I'm the way I see it, if I can, if I can make enough money to live fairly comfortably doing what I want to do, then that's really all I can ask out of it. You know, I'm doing, you know, like, there's no better job to me. Like I'm, I'm, I have the best job in my opinion. Like I'm doing exactly what I want to do when I want to do it. I go and I play shows to people that want to hear my music, people that listen to my songs. Like I got it made really. So anything that comes, you know, once, once I can self-sustain, which I pretty much do, you know, I make enough to get by and anything else is really just a bonus. So I'll take, I'll take what I can get really. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, I actually have a, a recurring segment on my show that at, at the, at the end of every time I have a guest on, uh, I have this question I ask him. Uh, it's called, if I could pick three to have a beer with me and it's, you can take it however you want. You know, some people are like, Oh man, I want to sit down and have a beer with Michael Scott, even though he's not even a real person or, you know, it could be anyone who's, you know, dead or alive, you know, fictional or real, if you could sit down with three different people and just have a beer with them, pick their brain and, and talk to them, who would you pick and why? Putting you on the spot. All right. Uh, I would do a Joe Rogan podcast with Sturgill Simpson and Dale Earnhardt. That might be the best answer I've ever got on this segment, dude. Those are, those are three people right there to look up to. That's so okay, so you said Dale Earnhardt, I, man. You're talking to somebody I don't know. I know there's a lot of left turns, and that's about all I know when it comes to NASCAR. But so, so you're you're a Dale guy. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm a I'm an Earnhardt fan, even though there's no Earnhardt's racing anymore. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh, I'm I, I'm I'm like it's almost a religion, man. Like uh, I love NASCAR. I I I watch practice. I don't care if it's on, I'll turn it on. I love hey, it. Just leave the house and just keep turning left sometimes, get the feel for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just, <laughs> you know, every time I find a every time I find a turnabout, you know, I'll I'll test the lines out. I'll, I'll run the low line and, you know, I'll make about 10 laps around it and then come on out. There you Not go. Really. Do you uh are, do you ever get into the uh, like Formula 1 stuff or is it just NASCAR? Man, I've tried. I've tried to do it. Uh and you know I can appreciate Formula One, the IndyCar, and all that stuff, but I like I like NASCAR. I like dirt track too. Uh, there you go. NASCAR is my 
that's my sport. That's what I like to watch. The closest I've ever came to seeing anything like that. I actually went to go see Sturgill Simpson at the Austin amphitheater, which is inside of that. I don't know if it's indie track or whatever. And man, I'm telling you like that, that, that was a, a life experience there. I don't know if anything will ever top that, but I never seen a car uh, go around circles for three, 400 laps. I'll tell you that much. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, it's one of those things you definitely got to go to a race. I think everybody should go to at least one NASCAR race in their life. Uh, whenever I went to Talladega, I just, you know, I, I always, I knew how big the track was, but I didn't know how big the track was. You know, like I got there <laughs> yeah, for sure. Dude, that place is gigantic. I mean, it is, it's unreal how big that place is. It's awesome. Man, I know. And I see all these stories about people in that infield just going freaking nuts. It seems like a party in and of itself. So, Oh, yeah, oh man, it's so fun. It's so fun. You got to go at least once in your life. You got you got Texas Motor Speedway right there, so we go, do, man. Sometime it'll be a it's a great time. We do, man. Now, you, you know what? I might I might take you up on that. Maybe next time it comes down here. I, I'm just itching for live sports in general. I'll go out there and you know I'll watch anything yeah. at this point. So hell yeah. But man, I, Cole, I certainly appreciate you taking the time to sit down and and talk to uh, a small podcast from the middle of nowhere in Texas. And you know I, I've. I may not have the biggest platform, but I promise you, I'll be, I'll be shooting all your information out there to everybody and trying to get people on the Cole Chaney train. But um, where, can they, where can they find you, man? Well, hey, man, I'm finally on streaming. So pretty much wherever you can stream music, you can find me. Uh, you can find me on YouTube. I'm still trying to grow my YouTube channel. Hopefully we'll have some cool stuff to put out on there soon. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, I don't do Twitter. Uh, and outside of that, come to a show. Uh, keep keep up with show dates and come come see me you ever make your way down to texas i promise we'll uh, we'll make the trip me and my wife love your music and we'll definitely be there well i hope to some sometime soon hopefully i'll be down in texas playing some shows i'd love to come awesome all right cole well once again man thank you so much for your time and uh i appreciate you coming on and doing this man i'll plug all your stuff in the description and we'll uh, spread the word yeah thank you so much man it was great